This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. All right, today our last message in this series is worry and our emotions. All right, look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Listen to what Jesus has to say here. He says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing, America? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet, I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you. Here's the key of the whole message right here. I'm going to say it over and over again. I'll come back to this. You of little faith. Does not say no faith. Does not say unbelieving. It says little faith. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing for the Gentiles? Eagerly seek all these things for you, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Notice again in five verses. Verse 25, he says, do not be worried. Verse 27, and who of you by being worried? Verse 28, and why are you worried? Verse 31, do not worry then. Verse 34, so do not worry. So what do you think that passage is about? It's about worry, and it's about little faith. Max Lucado tells a story about a man who chronically worried, and he finally made a decision. I'm going to hire somebody to do my worrying for me. I'm tired of it. And so he went out and he interviewed some men and he had a man accept the job. He paid him $200,000 a year to worry for him. And so the first day on the job, the man came to his new boss and said, where are you going to get 200000 And he said, and the new boss said, that's for you to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Worrying about things like uh, this and saying you're going to get somebody to to do your worrying for you, it's just not going to work, but it would be fun if it worked. Now, when we become anxious, we must decide whether it is a concern that we can do something about or just a worry that's unproductive. And so when you find yourself worrying, you have to ask yourself, am I just, you know, worries like rocking in a rocking chair? It gives you a lot to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Am I just worrying over something, and there's nothing I can do about it, I need to move on and trust God, instead of have a little faith? Or 
has God brought something to my mind and I can be productive and I can settle something. So let's think about the secret to dealing with this worry. Number one, the reason we worry. Why do we do this? Verse 25 says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. So do not worry about tomorrow. Notice he says, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. This speaks of our everyday life. And so most of what we worry about each day are just normal issues that we all face. It's just life in general. We're not being singled out. We should not worry about basic things. We need to just simply trust God. He says, don't worry about what you'll eat. I can tell you this. I don't think we're having a problem with that. We got plenty to eat, and it shows in America. When you look at all of human history, man has worried about eating. But in all of human history, God has continued to provide food for mankind, not only for mankind, but also for the animals. Now you say, well, what about the people in Africa that are starving to death? Well, if you compare that to the majority of the world in all of human history, that's very small. And yes, we should do something about it. But it's very small compared to all of human history. God has provided something for people to eat and the animals all of these years. He says, worrying about what you will put on. Now, back in these days, in the Middle East, they wore clothes and those who had money, the material of their clothes were a lot more expensive. And so when they would walk in and they had on very nice clothes, everybody would say, wow, boy, I wonder where she shops. Boy, look at the material. Look at the colors on that. You know what? That was a long time ago. And guess what? We're still doing the same thing today. Jesus is saying these kind of things are causing people to worry and it's eating them up. We're worried about looking right, walking right, knowing who's who, and that's causing tension in the soul, and it's even causing problems in the body. Vance Havner said this, you don't have to be in the who's who to know what's what. Amen? You don't have to be in the who's who to know what's what. Memphis is really bad about it, especially in the Christian community, getting in a circle and being in the who's who to know what's what. And there comes a day in wisdom, you spit yourself out of that system and you choose to walk controlled by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and trust God for uh, the circumstances that surround it. So what you will eat, what you will put on. And he says in verse 27, how long you will live. And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And those of you who are still reading the King James Version, you ought to consider the New American Standard. It talks about adding to, some people think maybe this verse is talking about adding to your, uh, your height. It's not talking about that. It's talking about living a long life. And if we're not careful, and instead of thanking God for the health that he's given us thus far, uh, we worry ourselves sick, wondering, am I going to get sick down the road and not have a good and productive life? And we're healthy. We need to just enjoy it. You say, why do we do this? Well, a lot of it has to do with media. You can't turn on the TV without someone telling you they lost a hundred pounds. Well, I want to tell you about me. 
I'm only five nine and a half. I've lost hundreds of pounds over the years. You think about that. If we're not careful, we'll let magazines and all these advertisements and things like this, we'll let them control us and gear our minds and we'll spend billions of dollars, which America does, on eating right and uh, exercising. Exercise clothes, they're selling the billions of dollars of exercise clothes and we're getting fatter and fatter and fatter in America. It just doesn't work. We need to back away from the table, do push-ups, sit-ups, and walk. Now, the industry doesn't want you to know that. They make you think you've got to spend a ton of money to get ready to do something. All the while, you're getting ready to do something by shopping for expensive stuff to exercise. You could literally have walked 10 miles and lost 7 or 8 pounds. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow. Some people so worry about tomorrow, they can't enjoy uh, the present. Who was the character in Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore. He always thought, today's the day, what? My tail's going to fall off. Some people are like that, that something bad is just about to happen. Now, Jesus was speaking to his disciples about these basic things in life that every human faces and experiences. All these things are common to man. We just need to get up every day and thank God for the day and trust Him for that day because you actually, you can't get into the next day. You can only live the day that you're in. And that's what He's saying here. You know why He's saying this? Because Jesus had detected in His disciples a lack of faith and lack of confidence in God. Now there they were in His direct presence. And He was discerning they had a lack of faith. So, what are we saying here? That word worry, five times in this one passage, Matthew 6, it's a spiritual problem, ultimately. It's a spiritual problem. It is a lack of faith and confidence in God. So, Jesus succinctly moves from talking about these natural things, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, the things that we all deal with every day. He moves away from talking about that, and he moves from the natural to the spiritual with this one statement. You of little faith. Faith. That is just simply trusting God. Now, having faith does not mean that you're passive and unproductive. You say, well, I'm just walking by faith. Well, some people say that they literally accomplish nothing. They're just being passive. It doesn't mean that. It means doing the natural duties, the basic things that you have before you, but you choose to do it in great faith of a sovereign God. There was a little boy and his father during the German War, and they had been in this old bombed-out building hiding, and then a bomb hit it. And so they had to run out of the building real quick. And the bombs were going off everywhere. And the father saw a hole. And he ran into that hole. And he turned around to look for his son. His son had stopped because he couldn't see his father down in the hole. So he stopped. He was frozen. So the father said, jump in. I'll catch you. The little boy said, Daddy, I can't see you. He said, you jump because I can see you. 
And the little boy jumped. Our God is sovereign. Our God is omnipresent. God is taking care of you. If he's taking care of the birds in the air, and if he's been feeding human beings all these years, God's going to take care of those basic things. The problem that we have is the same thing that people had back in those days. We're wanting to be in the who's who. We want to look a certain way. We want to be admired. We want to be thought highly of. And it gets us into all these things that weigh us down, cause us to worry, and affects our body. In verse 26, again, he says, Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And so, we can know that just like God feeds the animals in the animal kingdom, God's going to take care of us in basic things in our daily living. The psalmist says this in Psalm 84, 11. He says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. What did he say? Whatever you need, these basic things. There's no good thing that God withhold from you except that red convertible. He might withhold that from you. Now, David said in, the, in Psalm 37, 25, listen to what David says. He says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. Paul said in Romans eight thirty two. listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. Listen to this. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? In other words, we would all raise our hand and say, Oh, I believe Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and I have a home in heaven. If he will do that for you, let me ask you, will he not take care of basic things in life for you? C.H. McIntosh said this. He said, the language of unbelief is this. How can he? How shall he? He said, the language of faith is this. How shall he not? A person who has a hard time simply trusting God day by day in basic things, basically is saying, oh, God, what are you going to do here? How shall you fix this? But the person choosing to walk by faith, childlike trust, the person who says, I can't see, but I'm going to walk by faith in the one who sees. He says this, how can he not? He sent his son to die for me. I'm going to be with him for all eternity. I'm going to make it. I will persevere. How can he not? It's just not normal the way we think. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who does what? Richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. We have to be careful that our possessions do not possess us. We need to live possessed by God. Amen? And when you choose to walk by faith, when you choose to just jump towards God when you can't see, but I know that He sees me, when you choose to do that, you begin to see all that He's already given you 
in Christ Jesus. You begin to have thoughts like, if he would send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me and my sins when I didn't even want him, what will he not do for me? Now, you say, well, that's the reality of worry. What are the results from worrying? Verse 34, Jesus said, so do not worry about tomorrow. He didn't say think about it or pray about it. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough on our minds each day, and we don't need to add more to it. I was on the lake yesterday, all day long. Beautiful. I had a pontoon boat, and I was pulling people skiing, and, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. And, and man, we skied right up to dark, and a just beautiful sky. But several times during the day, I began to think about several things. And I knew I was preaching this message. And I began to worry a little bit, thinking, but what about this? And I may need to make sure I do this. And the Holy Spirit says, Chris, trust me, just don't worry. Just walk by faith and just forget it. And then I had this thought as I was driving home last night. But what if this happens? What if that happens? What if the other happens? And I'm and there I am driving all alone late at night. What if this happened? What if that's happened? And then I got to thinking about that. And then I said, okay, all of those things are going to happen. And so I began to think, so what will it mean? What will that mean? What will that mean? What will that mean? <laughs> you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, Chris, you're in Christ and Christ is in you. It will not matter. Amen. You can walk in that and trust God. And even if you're misunderstood, it will not matter in eternity. So Jesus said, so do not worry about tomorrow. You know why? Because worrying affects you spirit, soul, and body. It affects your total being. Worry is real. And the results of worry affects the whole person. Worrying affects us spiritually. Uh, to the people who were so worried that it was affecting them spiritually, Jesus simply pointed to this simple thing. He said, little faith. When the disciples were around him and he could see their faith was wavering, this is what he said. Oh, you of little faith. And so... Remember the disciples when they were on the boat in the storm. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, this is what Jesus said to them. The men who walked and observed him saw his miracles, watched him take nothing and make something out of it, and watched him take something and multiply. They saw all these things. And in Matthew 8, 26, he said to them, Why are you afraid? You men of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. So we need to just say, okay, God, I don't understand everything, but I know you do. I'm going to trust you, and you need to make it perfectly calm. Now, remember Peter walking on water, and that was one of the whole uh, sermon topics that we had in here. He walked on water, and he, he began to lack faith. And he began to sink. In Matthew 14, 31, the Bible says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, just like that father stretched out his hand in that hole in the German war. He stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? The problem, the reason we worry, it's not that we don't have faith. 
we have little wavering faith. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And think about the time when uh, the disciples forgot bread and they panicked. And there they were in the very presence of Jesus. And they're thinking, what are we going to do? And they were worried. In Matthew 16, 8, but Jesus, aware of this, listen, our Heavenly Father is omniscient, He's omnipresent, and He's aware of everything. Amen? Everything. And what you may be worried about in the future, guess what? He's already there. Don't worry about it. But Jesus, aware of this, said, you men of little faith, over and over again, little faith is mentioned by Jesus. Not no faith, but little faith. He says, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? You see, it's a lack of trusting God, and it has a negative effect on the spiritual life. And then, not only does worrying affect the spiritual life, worrying also affects our mind. Look at verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried. You know what he's saying? Do not be over-careful. Do not be over-anxious. You ever been with someone who's over-careful and over-anxious? Have you ever been with someone that when they walk into a room, within a few minutes, they got everybody on pins and needles? You ladies, have you ever been in a kitchen trying to help but somebody in there was over-careful, over-anxious, and you couldn't wait to get out of the kitchen. You felt like you were walking on what? Eggshells. That's what being over-anxious, over-careful, that's what a worrying person is like. That's this little faith. It affects our minds. Now, the word worry in this whole passage speaks of something that divides, something that separates, something that distracts. And listen, if you're not just trusting God in implicit faith, something's going to enter in to divide your mind. It's going to separate your thinking. Luke chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus says, And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. You see, a mind that is divided in sections, a mind that's divided in sections, a mind that's divided into compartments, it causes an inability for that mind to function as a whole. What does the Bible say in James? A double-minded, what? Man is what? Unstable in some of his ways? All of his ways. Let me ask you, how many people anymore that you know the stable. I mean, really. Stability seems to be decreasing. People seem to be increasingly unstable in our age. Their minds are divided into sections and compartments and is causing an inability to function as a whole. What does the Bible say about a house that's like this? A house what? Divided what? Against it. Self cannot stand. How many homes do you know now that hasn't fallen apart? Most all homes now have fallen apart. Producing new homes that fall apart. The mental structure of our personalities just give way and they collapse because of worry, which is 
a mind that's in sections and compartments and is divided. And guess what? That worrying affects our physical body. I thought about bringing some dominoes this morning. Not to play dominoes, but to, to light them up right across there. And then at this point in the message, I thought, I'm just going to go over there and push it. You push one, it knocks over one, knocks over one, knocks over one. Listen to this. If you have little faith, I'm not saying you're not born again, but if your faith is little, you're prone to worrying. It's affecting you spiritually because you have weak faith. Ultimately, that, that is the problem. But it's affecting you mentally. And because of what you think determines how you feel, that's your emotions, your soul. And when your soul is tense, when you're perplexed inward, it makes you tense on the outward. You ever seen somebody just, they're like this? Sometimes they cross their legs and they just, they hold their leg just real tight. And you look over there and you think, good night. You know, ease up. You're making me tired looking at you. A lot of people are just tense. And the reason they're tense on the outside is because what's going on in their mind and their soul on the inside. So when you're worried, your soul is tense. It affects your mind. It affects your physical body. Just like knocking over one domino knocks over all the dominoes. It affects our physical bodies. So verse 27 says, And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life. Worry, doubts, fears in the mind cause ulcers, hives, and other physical ailments. It eats you up. It eats you up. Worrying shortens how long we'll live. Worry wears out the mind, and that wears out the body. Third and last thing is this. What's the remedy for all this? Increased faith. Big faith to little faith. Look at what Jesus said in verse 33 of Matthew 6. What did he say? He said, look, clear the deck. He said, this is what you do. He says, but seek first his kingdom. His kingdom. And his righteousness. And then he said, all these things. The basic things that you need. Day to day that we all need. He says, seek first his kingdom and all these things that you need will be added to you. Now, why did he say this? Well, look back at uh, verses 31 and 32 of Matthew 6. Before he said, seek first the kingdom, he said this in verses 31 and 32. He said, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And so he said, these are basic things. God knows that you need it. Don't focus on that. Focus on God and God alone. Well, you know what that does? It increases your faith. And he says, all these things will be added to you. The concentration and the pursuit of these things bring on worry, brings us down spiritually, affects our minds, and tears down our physical bodies. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Paul says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, 
but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. What did Jesus say? Seek first His kingdom. What is His kingdom? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. You think about it. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. You know what that does? It totally satisfies your need for security, significance, and strength. We're rich, but we don't know it in Christ Jesus. We are to surrender to God, spirit, soul, and body. And as Oswald Chambers says, we are to be otherworldly. You and I are to be otherworldly. That means you and I are to walk on this earth until God takes us home. But our head is to be abiding above. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Set your mind on things above. Not on the things that are on this earth. Why? Because you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When we get this reversed, little faith, worry, bogs down the mind, affects the soul, affects the body. And we can't even be happy as a Christian on this earth. And so we are to surrender to God. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6. The Beatitudes here, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are those who, what's that? Hunger and thirst. Now, in chapter 6, he said, uh, don't, don't be seeking what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on. But now, or back here, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Here's the key. What are they hungering and thirsting for? righteousness and he says well what happens when you hunger and thirst for righteousness you will be satisfied well what happens when you're satisfied exactly you don't worry and that means you have great faith instead of little faith and so that means your mental life eases up your soul eases up and that affects your body. And so instead of being like this, you relax. It's going to be okay. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. Probably what you're worrying about will never happen. And if what you're worrying about does happen, compared to eternity, what does it matter? <laughs> You've already won because Christ has already died. Amen? I was talking to some people on the boat yesterday, and, uh, and I said, just think about this. The believer is in Christ forever. Christ, who is eternal, He's God. The believer is in Him forever. He's sealed there by the Holy Spirit, can't come out. And on this earth, the Holy Spirit Himself lives in us. We've already won. There's nothing that you and I need that we don't already have in Christ Jesus. Our problem is little faith in what's already ours. And it's causing a domino effect and affecting our mind, our emotions, and our physical bodies. And I said, think about this. The very thing Lucifer wanted in heaven, I will ascend to be like the Most High God. And then God cast him out of heaven. Think about this. 
What he wanted, we have. He didn't say, I want to be God. He said, I want to be like God. What he wanted, we have. Why? Because we're in Christ, and Christ is in us. We're not deity, but that is as close as you can be. Satan himself is still deceiving all of us the same way he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden, the same exact way. So here's the problem. Mankind is lost and empty, and many Christians are deceived by this present world system. So the majority of mankind are seeking what they cannot keep, and they are not fulfilling God's purpose for creating them to begin with. Jim Elliott said this, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot even keep to obtain what he can never lose. So remember what Jesus said in verse 33. He said, Seek first His kingdom and all these things that you legitimately need then will be added to you. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.